Good morning. Good morning. It's Brenda Eshin Shoshana back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life and for Your Everyday Relationships. Everyday Relationships, Value Centered Relationships. Actually, actually, all of life is just simply breathing in, breathing out, a relationship. Even we have a relationship with our breath, mostly a relationship with our breath, because without that, we're not even here. We don't realize how deeply in relationship we are and how badly we need to interact, fundamentally interact with every aspect of life, breathing in and breathing out. That's a deep relationship. We're all united in that same activity, too. That's an interesting thing to think about. When you, you know, there's so much division and lack of unification these days. Everybody's split. Everybody, everybody leaning deeply into their opinions, beliefs, desires, upset. That's what seems to take center stage instead of their breath. Breathing in, breathing out. Instead of something that's given freely, fully, abundantly as a huge gift of life itself. We don't really pay attention to that much. <laughs> we only pay attention to what's wrong, to the divisions, to uh, what, we, what we think, what I think. <clears throat> over and over again, you hear from people, well, this is what I think and this is what's right. Somehow we're embedded with an idea that we are right and the others are wrong. <clears throat> it's a very deeply held belief or program or orientation. Only one of us can be right. And you see that in all relationships very, very often, all the time. Even with people we love very deeply and we're very close to, sooner or later these fights emerge, this upset emerges. You're wrong, I'm right. We have to have it my way because my way is correct. My way is the right way. And that's a very fascinating, very, very fascinating assumption. My way is the right way. And if you don't come along with me in my way, I'll just kill you or I'll reject you or I'll whatever I'll do. This has been going on, of course, all through history. <clears throat> my way. In Zen, we call that ego, ego, an obsession, a fixation with our own personal self, our own beliefs, needs, desires. And that is what, actually, that is what the true enemy is, that fixation. You know, if we were fixated and frozen into like that in terms of our breathing and couldn't breathe in and couldn't breathe out, we would not live. We couldn't live. We have to breathe in and we have to breathe out. We have to release the breath that comes in. We have to become supple. We have to taste the air, all different kinds of air, sometimes a cloudy day, sometimes a beautiful breeze, sometimes too hot, sometimes too cold. It doesn't matter. We have to breathe it in and we have to breathe it out. What a beautiful, beautiful reality. I was going to say what a beautiful image, but it's not an image. It's actually a reality of our very 
life, the core of our very life, is this interaction with all of the universe. We have to eat food. We have to take the nourishment from it and discard the waste. It's a sifting process. We have to sift through our experiences as well and take the nourishment from it and discard the waste, which is exactly what the process of Zen is. That's it. We sit very quietly. We do not object or reject anything as we're sitting without moving quietly on the cushion for a period of zazen. We breathe in. Inevitably, of course, we breathe out. We just pay attention more to that. And whatever arises, and everything will arise, all our feelings, thoughts, memories, whatever arises, we take note of it inevitably, but we don't empower it. We don't chase after it. We don't cling to this belief as opposed to that one. We notice it and then we let it go like a cloud in the sky. Now certainly it would be something else, wouldn't it, if we took our relationships that way and our life that way. When When a rough moment came up, we noticed it. We stayed centered in our fundamental breathing and our fundamental nature. And we let it come, we notice it, and we let it go like a cloud in the sky. We didn't jump on and dwell on a little mistake someone made, a little comment they made, or a big comment they made that was opposed to the way we thought. <clears throat> we immediately grab that normally, and we create trouble from it. A lot of trouble, trouble, trouble. We have to change their belief. We have to change their behavior. And that's a very common and normal so-called so-called normal way to behave it's a human way to behave but where does it take us what is the end of that road that's what we have to stop and look at let's take our life as a koan not just go along with it in a numb routine way let us pause pause and take a look. Where does that take us? You know, when we sit on the cushion, it's so beautiful. We're just taking a pause. Time out. <laughs> That's beautiful. But it's really time in. Time out of the automatic knee-jerk reactions and the pain that arises with them and the confusion that inevitably comes along too. It's time out from all of that. Just time out. Take some time out of that morass. Let's look at it a new way. A koan forces you to look at your experience in a different way. We're not depending on our thinking mind uh, to solve life. We're not, we're not worshipping our beliefs and opinions and images. We're not taking everything that we're given for granted either. We're taking a time out to just breathe, to just be. You could say to clear the clouds from the sky, clear this chaos from our mind. And it clears by itself. We don't have to do anything to clear it. In fact, we have to do nothing. We sit and we breathe and we notice it and we don't do anything in an automatic knee-jerk way. We don't. 
then the mind quiets down. It clears itself. Now, I'm not saying we don't take action. Oh, my goodness, we do. We take beautiful, spontaneous, appropriate action. Action that's beneficial because it's coming from another part of our being. It's not coming from the confused, habitual mind. It's coming from much deeper inside of us, the part that knows how to breathe, the part that knows what's truly needed. That's a different part. It's not something we can control. It's not something we understand intellectually. But it's something that we actually are. We, we do breathe. We know how to breathe. We know how to digest our food. Wow. Not in our mind, not in our brain, but our being knows and it does it. It takes care of us all the time. It, we know how to walk. We know how to heal ourselves too, believe it or not, although we're not really aware of that because we don't create that space and quiet and time out so that we allow that process to emerge. When we're doing Zazen, we're allowing that deeper wisdom within us to emerge and to take care of our body, of our mind, of our relationships. What could be more beautiful? What could be more soothing to know that that's there inside of us? And you know, sitting is about touching in with that, knowing that we're not alone, that we are being cared for, that we're being breathed every single day. We're being fed every single day. And all the rest of the chaos and commotion, that's not part of our original, natural, primal wisdom. And yet we give that usually our attention, our energy. No, no, no. And Zazen, we take our energy away from that and we return it be returning to the intimate wisdom of our own nature. It's very profound wisdom, way beyond what we could even speak about or understand rationally. At this time of the world when there is so much right and wrong, good and bad, confusion, confusion, this simple practice of returning to the silence returning to our original natural wisdom is so badly needed more than ever before. More than ever before. And you will see that even if you take a few minutes a day to do this, things will be very different. You know, when I started to practice, which was so many years ago, um, I started, it was even before I actually went to the Zendo, I remember this lovely woman, Vicky, showed me how to sit. And it was very difficult for me. It was extremely difficult. I really could not do more than five minutes. I was too restless. My knees stuck up off the cushion. I couldn't get them flat. And I said, okay, I'll just do five minutes, and I'll do as much as I can do, and that's fine. So I tried it in the morning. And I was just stunned at how different I felt after just five minutes of sitting, legs not in the really right position. Usually the knees go down, you sit cross-legged. I couldn't do it. But I just did what I could do for as long as I could bear it 
And I felt different. I said, this is something else. Why do I feel so much different from just a little bit? So I tried it again in the evening. Five minutes. Beautiful sleep. What's going on here? I was so amazed. Well, obviously, I wasn't doing it. It was doing me. <clears throat> before I knew it, 10 minutes was very easy. And before I did 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night, and then before I knew it, my knees all by themselves, the tension, the tautness began to unwind. My knees went down into the posture. I didn't push them down. I didn't exercise to get them down. I just did what I could do for as long as I could. And everything else happened by itself. It took care of itself. The zazen took care of itself and it took care of me. And the rest is history, on and on. <clears throat> Then I was ready to actually go to the Zendo. Oh my goodness, what a night that was. So it's just, it's, there's no prescription that fits everyone at all. Just as much as you can do in any way you can manage. You don't have to have perfect posture, full lotus, back straight. Not at all. Even years later when I met my wonderful teacher, I would be sitting with him <clears throat> and every, it was a very strict and strong Japanese endo, but I would move sometimes. Nobody moved. You were not allowed to move. I would ru rustle and move and I couldn't. I did my best. That's all I could do. And it was more than enough. More than enough. Because that inner deep knowingness was doing it. And it wasn't me. I was not in charge of this process. And we think we're in charge of life, we're in charge of others, we're in charge of our relationships. Not at all. We're in charge of who we meet and what's going to happen. Not at all. Let us all go to the deeper, innate, profound wisdom within, which is guiding us anyway. But when we go to it directly in that way, there's a everything shifts. The tension, the anxiety, the upset we have, thinking we're alone and we have to do everything, everything is on our shoulders and we have to know what to do, on and on, that begins to dissolve and dissolve and we trust something much deeper <clears throat> and much wiser. So I just really thank you for listening today and I'm so sorry my throat's a little scratchy. I thank you for listening today and I actually would like you to know I appreciate your emails and everything and the the URL for the podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com and I wish you a beautiful beautiful day and beautiful beautiful moments and it, no matter what is happening in the world each moment is precious and to be fully relished and tasted. So enjoy. <laughs>